If it's happening in high school sports, we're talking about it now on the Prep Spotlight. Featuring WNSP's Pigskin Pete and color analyst Ryan Gennard. An hour of all prep sports on 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The Prep Spotlight, brought to you by Edward Jones Investments. Now, here are Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. All right, hello, welcome in. Prep Spotlight, WNSP, every week. We are sitting here ready to talk high school sports. Brian Gennard is not here today. I'm Pigskin Pete. He'll be back next week. As uh, Brian is, like myself, every once in a while we travel, Bina, and travel gets to the waste of time. That's not a good thing for this show. we got to make sure we get our high school football coverage. But speaking of Bina, Bina Brown sitting in next to us. No problem. Bina, great. You're going to fill in and... Looking forward to having you tonight, Bina. Oh, man, always great to be here, buddy. I'm, I'm here anytime. Good to see you and Michael. And, uh, boy, a lot of sports uh, going on. A lot of teams having a great year. And got some softball going on up there. And then uh, I think later on we're going to be talking some blue maps here, aren't we? Blue maps are all across the state right now. A lot of sports. This yeah. spring is crazy busy right now. Yep, exactly right, Bina. With the softball results coming in and baseball state champions have been crowned this week. This has been a big week for that. Golf. Good news there as we've got actually the guests lined up today. In the next segment, a state champion. This is no news to Bulldog Country over there at UMS to win a state championship in the golf realm. And, they boy, they've had a history of great golf teams. And Brent Daltrey, the head coach in his first year over there at UMS, the boys bring home a state championship. Incredible numbers. Look forward to talking to Coach Daltrey in the next segment. Bina, Brian and I have been talking – kind of a spring football getting ahead and fall will be here before you know it but uh we'll, we'll talk about maybe some of the football happening in our spring but we're going to have the st paul's head coach ham barnett and uh had a good first year taking over for steve mask who now is at theodore but uh going to look forward to st paul's talking high school it never gets old talking about high school football but a lot of spring sports do to talk about oh absolutely pigskin and you know everybody's doing these spring games right now i know Corey's on his way over to uh Theodore to do a spring game with Jackson and uh, Fairhope had one last week. Uh, Daphne's actually got one tomorrow with Foley. So is uh, Corey playing? Uh, I think he's uh, suiting up. I can I think, see him being a. I think he's like going to be the wide out. Wide he, is, he, is, he is playing. Yes. Oh, okay. He's better at basket. He's better at football than he is basketball, right? <laughs> what you say? What did what Michael say? He is doing what? Said he was. What did you say, Michael? He, he stepped away. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, think, I think. I uh, think. I think that the. Spring football, there's a lot of teams playing just each other, not really playing a game. They'll get some advantage in the fall for doing that. But there's some teams like Sarah Land playing other teams around the area and, and state. Yeah, Fairhope actually uh, had Pascagoula come over last Friday. A friend of mine uh, had to referee it and said uh, they played for most of the third quarter and it's like a 9-9 ball game. But with all these new rules and all these new changes, pigskin uh, by the Athletic Association, is it's making it really easy for these football coaches and players and they're getting a real good handle on their uh, teams. Yeah. Hey, uh, Michael Bronner, I think you're um, – are you uh, getting into the basketball realm? I, I've been hearing some stories in the last couple of weeks about you, you may dive into other sports. Is basketball one of them? I, you know, I see where you're going with this. And, <laughs> you know, I, I hear enough of it from 3 to 6 and from 6 to 9, for that matter. And, okay. You know, 6 to 7 Thursdays are supposed to be my, my sanctuary from this nonsense. So, Well, hey, I, I, you gave an effort. I, I don't, I don't uh, talk about results and all that, but 
But did you see the cornhole videos? I did not. Question. Okay. Oh, wow. you don't know about that. You don't know about that. I don't know about the cornhole. That's that's where the the show is put on. Uh, can I pull that up on YouTube? You pull that up on YouTube or Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Quick plug. Sounds like a good result. Oh, it was. How did we get there? Uh well, Corey and I went over twenty one <laughs> three different times, and uh, they were actually up eighteen fifteen at a quick six point round to close it. Pressure. Oh, you know that's Pressure that's my time. middle name. You got them on pickleball court yet? That's next week, and that's okay. going to be interesting. Oh, okay. I've never played. Might have to talk to you after the show about All that. All right. Now, I didn't hear about the pickleball. I had to get involved with that, Bina. Oh, we're we're on that All one. All right. They don't want they they don't want none of that. Yeah, uh, I, I love the competition. That's 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 awesome stuff, uh, Michael. We're gonna be wrapping up. I mean, we're our prep spotlight. Thank you for being a part of that the entire year. Oh. Um, Brian and I told we've been saying all year that as long as they're playing, we're staying, and we're gonna stay till next week. The high school season's about to wrap up, but it's been a fantastic year. Is next week the last show? I think it. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we do wrap it up then next week. You know, one would think. Uh, someone would have told me that. You know. Oh. I, I produced the thing. I'm giving but, you a whole week. Well, I'm not Tom. No, I'm not throwing a dig at you. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that's uh, wow. I would have emotionally prepared for this being the second to last prep spotlight of the year. Is Brian going to be back or is he'll he going to no show again? I, I think right. he'll be back. He, right, he may even be. have Bina back in here. Oh, how about th- that? Why do you think party. I brought you dinner, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, guys, it's God, it's been a fast year uh, with our football and basketball success. I thought we had some good stories throughout the year and. Uh, Michael, I know you're part like Bean of our Friday night coverage on high school football. And oh, yeah. I think the excitement coming up in the fall and for the four, three or four months to see all these new stadiums coming up and being able to see these teams play in their backyard, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. That was the best thing. I mean, I know BC Rain, Davidson, and all and LaFleur and all of them are so excited. And Pixie, and I said it all along, and I think Michael would agree. You take a you take your you take a blunt Williamson game at home or a blunt let's go blunt Viger since Viger's got their home stadium. You can pull over $25,000 that night and all that stays right there to help uh, not just football, but other sports in that school. Mm. And you can't ask for no better than that. And then these kids, all you got to do is just go out outside and there's your stadium and instead of traveling the lad and all that. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing. Hats, hats off the mobile uh, school system. You think, Michael, you're at these games on Friday night and you can see – you go to stadiums where they're uh, – we love Lad, but they're not playing in their backyard. But you go to stadiums on Friday night where they're playing right behind the school. How mm-hmm. big of an advantage of that do you think it is for a high school football team? Oh, I think it's huge I, I, in terms of uh, advantage on the field. I, I, You know, you'd have to find someone to quantify the mathematics there. I don't know what what the exact uh, – you know, not taking a bus to the location. May, maybe it adds some kind of advantage. But in terms of, you know, the moral boost you get from pro- walking right to school to the field, it, it, it's spectacular. I mean, look at, look at some of these fields. Spanish Fort, Sarah Land, you, you just it, – it, it's beautiful. There, there are some awesome stadiums right in schools' backyards, right in our area. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to get start getting back out there on Fridays. Yeah, and I think about St. Luke's about three years ago when they built that stadium behind their school, and it it's it's a difference for the players to go to school on Friday morning and look over there and say, hey, that night we're playing over there. It, it generates more fans. Bina, you know that. You've been going to these games for a long time. Um, you're talking about the spring games taking place with uh, Steve Mass coming down here. Theodore, how how good is this Bobcat team going to be? They're going to play. They got Jackson Aggies on their spring schedule playing uh, a head to head matchup, and I, I like these spring games where these teams play outside the 
city and use I, I, even outside the state at times, but uh, like playing at Theodore, they're playing by their school. That's just, I, I like that kind of setup. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure we're going to get some good information from uh, Coach Barnett later on. But I'll tell you about the, you go, you go within football stadiums. Um, let's take all, all the Baldwin County schools who got $6 million to redo whatever they want to do. Spanish Fort's going all turf now. They're going to take that visitor side and push it back to create more room, and they go, they're going all turf. So when you go to a Baldwin County football game somewhere, whether it's Babinette, Fairhope, Spanish Fort, you're going to see some major improvements, not just in the athletic field, but the classrooms too. That's a lot of money. That's a lot 40 of money. $40 million yes. spread out between all those schools? Yes. That's a big enhancement. You're going to see a lot of improvements. And speaking of Spanish Fort, our baseball uh, – Success there. What's the latest with with our baseball right now going? On? Uh, they lost in the they lost in the finals. Oxford uh, beat them of uh, two straight, which was been ranked number one all year. Uh, so you know maybe the better team did prevail, but uh, prevail. But Spanish Fort first time they've been to the finals since 2015. So great year for the Toros. Uh, hats off to UMS. Uh, unfortunately, they brought uh, didn't get it done either. But Coach Kevin Rayleigh with that squad, they started picking at the la- uh, right time and. Anytime you can go to Bayside Academy and double dip Bayside, I mean, that's that's huge right there. And that says a lot about that UMS Wright program. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they came up on the short end by a good Etowah team. So uh, still a great year right there. Uh, softball's going on. Fairhope, um, Orange Beach, and Daphne will play tomorrow. Spanish Fort is in the finals of the winner's bracket right now. So uh, they will play the uh, number one ranked team, Wetumpka, mm-hmm. uh, tonight. So uh, they got a chance to – Get right in there. I do like how the baseball goes two out of three. Yes. In in the series, I, I saw where Houston Academy knocked off Gordo in game three. It was a great game, four to three with their final. And uh, that – it's so hard. And even in football, but basketball, you're one and done. I, I do like these best two out of three series because baseball, especially a sport, you need to play a series, not just a – I believe Spanish Fort had actually lost and they ended up losing uh, the final series two nothing. But I believe to get to the state championship, I think they had lost like five out of six games. Isn't that ones, crazy? And yeah. then just rallied back. So you know, just uh, crazy resilience to even get to the state championship. Awesome on them. Yep. So our success with our softball uh, and and baseball, we hope to bring on blue maps every year. But you know, that's kind of what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is go back and look at all the blue maps that we brought in the girls and. Uh, girls basketball, softball, just add up how the Gulf Coast did. But I, I think the biggest improvement, if you had to go back, and I'm thinking about this year compared to five, ten years ago, we're starting to see better basketball teams on the court, both on the girls and boys' side. Michael, I, I know you've been in Mobile area for a couple years now, but the northern part of the state has been so dominant with our with our basketball for 10, 15 years. But you're starting to see that change with some big-time players coming out of the – Oh, you know, the Baker recruit. Oh, yeah. The Baron Feiline, who had committed to Auburn. former Auburn know, commit. Yeah, the former Auburn commit. Don't Auburn, know where he's going. It does but, sound like Auburn at least feels like they have a good chance of uh, re-recruiting him. West Flanagan yeah. ends up at Ole Miss, though. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll see. If Maybe in Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss and Chris Beard. I mean, they weren't originally in his recruitment, probably because he was good enough of a player to, uh, you know, transcend a program like Ole Miss. But now you bring yeah. in Chris Beard and West Flanagan. We'll see if uh, Ole Miss can get in there in his uh, in his re-recruitment. Yeah, Ole Miss just could not get it going. They had to make that coaching change. I think they're going to. Yeah. I think it may take some time, but. A, player like Kim could change the program quick. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Barry Dunning, I mean, think about and now at UAB, uh, just the success we're having locally, being a, with our basketball, 
I want to see that more because it's 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 been a little north heavy for a while. Oh, absolutely, Pickskin, and uh, look for more gyms to be built in Baldwin County with that money. Forty million could go a long way. It was about six million per school. It was. Yeah. All right, let's talk golf. Pretty staggering stats yes. when it comes to seventh and eighth and ninth graders. Yes. We're going to talk about that when we come back. UMS right state champions. We'll get more detail with that. Brent Daltrey, their head coach, is going to join us. Prep Spotlight, WNSP. WNSP, as we continue to talk a lot of spring sports, our baseball, softball results are coming in. Right now, we're going to talk about golf. Bina Brown, Pigskin Pete sitting in the studio as one of our teams bringing home a blue map just recently are the UMS Wright Bulldogs. They traveled over to the Auburn area, played in Opelika at the Robert Trent Grand National, and they were able to knock off Northridge by 10 shots, Bina. And victorious, a lot of good players on this team. Head coach Brent Daughtry takes a couple of seconds to join us. Coach, congratulations. Well, before we get him on, Bina, 28 state champions for UMS Wright. You go back all this time, and, they, and they've got some really good golfers that played on this team. But think about it. Wins a state championship on the 6A level by 10 shots. How about that? Just wait till we hear these scores. I mean, these scores are incredible, Pigskin. Yep. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's going to take a little credit for it, well-deserved, but this is absolutely insane. I mean, but state championship to UMS, that's that's no, that's no that's just a normal day. Well, you still got to get on the course, and believe me, golf is not easy. Uh, but some scores when you start hearing about some of these kids, what the way they're playing is pretty incredible. But Head Coach Daughtry, congratulations on that state championship, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. The boys played really well. Well, it sounds like it, Coach. You go over to a Robert Trent Jones course, which those courses are great. They're not easy to play on, especially when you don't play on them every week. But talk to us about maybe a couple of two or three of these guys that really, I know they're young in age, but talk to us a little in detail how young this team is and how they got it done this past week. Well, I tell you, you know, um, you know, it's always a concern when you take a young kid and put them in a pressure situation like a state championship you know they you can't really replicate that pressure in the tournaments throughout the season so kind of curious to how they would handle it uh we were led the first day uh by a freshman pal zundel shot a 71 and then followed that with a seventh grader henry brown he shot 73 and then my uh my sophomore, who's really played in the one spot, Thomas Crane, he shot 75. And then the juniors, uh, Ken Brown and John Stubbs, also bought, uh, shot 75. So we shot a 294 on the first day, which is, uh, you know, boy, that's what, only six over par. So it was a really solid round that first day. And, and, Coach, these courses aren't the easiest courses to play on, but when you start saying ninth graders, seventh graders, and they're shooting in the low 70s, I mean, that is – that is extremely good stuff. And the Brown name you mentioned a couple of times, the history of the Browns 
Indy Golf with UMS <laughs> Wright. Tell tell our audience a little bit about how incredible this family is over there. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh, their dad, Ken Brown Sr., he played for you know the legendary coach Eddie Holmes and won a state championship as a seventh grader. Well, then he had a son, Ken Jr., who's a junior for us right now and really just a solid leader on the team. He won as a seventh grader. He won a state championship as a seventh grader. And now their youngest son, Henry Brown, has also won a state championship as a seventh grader. So mm. I don't I don't foresee that being repeated in the future. That's pretty. That's a pretty neat uh, statistic. Coach Bina Brown here. Congratulations, man. Well done. Uh, got a two-part question for you. Uh, not that familiar with high school golf, uh, uh, just a little bit. How did, do y'all get a practice round up there? How do y'all actually prepare for for when the day finally starts? And then I looked at the um, article, and I saw well, y'all won the state title, but there was a lot of individual titles. Uh, Jackson Spivey from Spanish Fort, Francis Brown from UMS, who uh, went six under. Is the power of golf actually shifting more towards the south, or has it always been a south-dominated uh, sport? Well, uh, yeah, that's a great question. So, as far as preparing, you know, we play in as many large tournaments as we can throughout the season. Uh, basically, anything that's you know an invitational, we get invited to. So, like the David Miller that we host, we host all the top teams in the state. Uh, the Joe King and that was hosted there in Auburn. Again, all the top uh, top teams. Bradley Johnson that's at the Greystone Country Club, Birmingham. So, we try to play challenging courses against the top team. So 6A, 7A, doesn't matter. We'll compete against them each week. Uh, but when it comes to kind of getting ready for state, we just, you know, we get one official uh, practice round on Sunday, and that's provided by the state. But we chose to go up on Saturday, kind of get an extra round in, see the course uh, additional times, uh, you know, a couple additional times. We, when we went up there for the Joe King uh, they typically, you know, sometimes they let you do practice rounds, sometimes not. We chose to do a, a, a practice round in February, or actually I think that was March. We played the state course. So we just, we've seen it a couple times, but, you know, there's there's just nothing like it in May when it's hot, the sun's been on the greens all day and uh, getting them firm. And so it's, it's, you know, we can practice all you want, but like I said, you, you can't replicate the pressure. And you can't always replicate the uh, conditions. You know, day two we we had an hour hour and fifteen minute lightning delay and rain delay. So you know that changes the course as soon as you get back out there. So it, it's you know we do our best, but at the end of the day, it's just you know, rely on the kids to to go out there and perform. Uh, as far as how the, uh, the the dynamics of the state, there's definitely some strong golf in South Alabama. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it is really Coming along, you know, UMS, uh, we've typically had a, a good program and, you know, competed in, in you know, 1A or 1A through 4A back, you know, when it was divided that way. Then it kind of got separated out. We competed in 4A for a long time. And then, you know, with competitive balance coming in, we've, we've moved up to 5A, 1-5A last year. So that bumped us up to 6A this year. So, I, I predict we'll move up to seven A and after after next season. So, um, but that all that being said, there's definitely good teams throughout the state. Definitely good teams in Birmingham, but I'm I'm, I'm seeing a, a strong movement in Mobile. 
you know, Bayside, you know, I believe they were runner-up in, in uh, 3A or 4A. You know, Spanish Fort had a solid team all year long and were on our heels all year long. Just, you know, couldn't quite get over the hump. And the thing about about the state playoffs is sectionals, you have about seven teams compete, four advance to sub-state. Well, in sub-state, you have eight teams compete and two advance. So that puts a lot of pressure on that one one-day tournament to to make it just even make it to state. And uh, out of the South, it was UMS and Northridge, the one first place and second place. So, uh, and Spanish Fort were finished third at some state, but they were right there on our heels. It's just kind of unfortunate, only two advanced, because they would have definitely put in a uh, a good performance at the state state tournament, as as you saw how Jackson played. Brent Daltrey, head coach, UMS Wright Boys Golf, 6A state champions. Incredible year. Coach, I, I think the hardest thing I would think as a coach for golf is when you actually start the competition, you're up there playing for a state championship, your guys are putting, your guys are teeing off. There's little you can say to them, right? W- what is your situation as a coach <laughs> once it starts? Well, I have always coached like middle school football or lacrosse, and the coach is very much part of the game and you know can somewhat have influence in the game, whether it's calling plays or motivating you know the players and making substitutions. It was almost a culture shock moving over to golf because all your preparation happens you know during the week when you get there to the tournament, once they tee off, I can only talk to them from when they finish the green and before they tee off of the next hole. Hmm. And they're spread out. They're spread out over multiple holes. So I really only get to see one kid at a time. And that was uh, that was an adjustment for sure. Uh, congr- evidently, they kind of know what psychologically they need to do between these uh, – uh, when they're getting off the green and getting ready to tee off, Coach, because that, that is incredible play from your young guys and your uh, seniors. And congratulations on that state championship, man. But thank you for taking a little time to jump in here. Thank you. I appreciate the recognition of those boys. They, they had a great season. Very good. So a state champion and 73 for a seventh grader, Bina? Not too bad, huh? <laughs> you can give me that 73 any day. To the Prep Spotlight on WNSP, your source for high school sports. Now it's time to keep up with the Joneses as we take a look at some of our former Mobile and Baldwin County athletes who are now making the spotlight on the next level. Brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now, back to Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. All right, welcome back. Prep Spotlight, WNSP. Keep it up with the Joneses. Bina Brown sitting in for Brian Gennard this evening. Don't forget our wrap-up show next week. The entire year, we're kind of going to recap everything uh, and then recap any blue maps we have coming in here next week in our Prep Spotlight. We'll return in the fall once the school starts back. Actually, we always get back early August when they kind of get that high school football thing going. And, uh, Bina, I, I saw where two former McGill Toolin football players uh, have signed pro football contracts. Speaking of keeping up with the Joneses, Eric Garrett, and we know how good he was, he's was yes, he been, yes. uh, joined the Titans after a, the rookie minicamp and Carlton Marshall that probably one of the most – I was he was great in high school, but 
dynamic, improved players once he got to Troy. Uh, defensive player signed with the Ticats uh, in the CFL training camp. So two former McGill Tulin football players. Good news for that. I think Carlton Marshall was probably most one of the most underrated players in college football. I mean, every time you saw a play of watch Troy play, he was there. Just a dynamic kid, dynamic athlete. Uh, he's going to do well up there. Yep, and <clears throat> we have – uh, a number of players that has hit the NFL that we always have are keeping up with the Joneses. And I, I think you're starting to see a lot of the CFL and the XFL gain a lot of these players that would never get a chance to get on the NFL level. That's I don't think that's going to slow down. Something tells me that Major League Baseball is – and we tried it many different leagues, but something tells me these kind of leagues are going to stick around for a while. I agree. And then uh, look at the year Bubba Thompson's having, uh, Jeremiah – uh, the kid out of St. Luke's. And uh, what about the year A.J. McCarron had? Wow. I mean, yeah. I think he was voted most valuable player in that league. Yeah. I mean, that just shows you what athletes uh, we produce out of Mobile and Baldwin County, Pigskin. Mm-hmm. Sure do. And uh, one one of the teams that A.J. and a lot of other great Saints have, have been there is over at St. Paul's. But their head coach getting ready for a second year this fall. Ham Barnett jumps in here. We'll talk spring and maybe a little ahead of the fall. But Coach Barnett, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Good. It's uh, it just never gets too old talking about some of our former players, coach. You, you heard Bean and I just talking about some of the former Mobile, Baldwin County kids, and it, it's such a great crop, isn't it? When you go back and look at how many players really good's been down here. It is. I mean, like this this last two weeks, there's been a lot of college recruiters in to see some of our players and uh, some guys that played with some uh, former uh, Saints as well, like AJ McCarron and Mark Barron or. There's even some college guys that have, um, you know, played or coached those guys in college. So it's been kind of fun reminiscing on their careers and what they did um, when they were in Mobile. Well, Coach, you're—I know one of the players getting a lot of attention. I had a chance to meet him in the off season. Is Anthony, you know, Tank Jones, a very good linebacker. A couple years left there, Coach, getting a lot of SEC offers, and that—that that is good for this man. But how how is he handling that with all the attention of these guys coming in? <laughs> He's doing about as well as you can for a 15-year-old um, with all the attention. I mean, you know, the Clemsons and the Georgias and the Alabamas uh, have been coming in, and, um, you know, it's just it's kind of a whirlwind for him. But I've really seen him mature in this process, and it's been a lot of fun for him as well. He's kind of opened up, and, you know, being in the you know the varsity program for a year, I've, I've really gotten to know him well and his family, and um, I'm excited about his future. He's really a humble kid, makes good grades, you know, makes great decisions, and, um, he's a great teammate too, and that's all I can ask for uh, for him. So remember that name, Bina. We, we we remember from last year. But coach, this seemed to just—I mean, it snowballed. It, it's almost like these colleges. It's like when when they see a couple of big offers, everybody's jumping in to go tell us more about this kid. Don't you think that thing just really got going quickly for him? It did, but I knew after his year that he had. You know, I mean, he had a huge year for us. Had 130 tackles, 15 sacks, and. With his size and his intangibles, I mean, I knew, I told his dad, I said, you know, after the season's over with, it's going to, you know, get pretty wild, and uh, it has. Um, and, but, you know, he's, I mean, I can't say enough about him and his character and just him as a person. I mean, that's really what I love about him is, you know, he's kind of taking this all in, taking it, you know, he's got three more years left. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got a long time uh, to kind of make a decision on this. So. He's just developing relationships, and uh, I think that's um, yeah what he's done over this last few uh, few months. How easy has it been um, 
uh, it's not easy. I know when you're you're going for the spring, getting ready for the fall, but now you're getting ready for year number two. What's the transition being after the first year compared to going into the second year? Well, I mean, the thing is, is I mean, like last year, the kids knew me. They knew I was going to bring a little, little bit different flavor to to everything, and so this off season's been a lot easier. They've understood, you know, what the expectation is in the weight room. They've understood, you know, how we're going to work and. Uh, spring training, you know, the practice schedule was the same as last year. You know, we were missing a few guys because of baseball and um, and track and golf and um, all these different things. But the kids understand, you know, what the expectation is, and they've really bought into it. So uh, we're going to be younger this year, um, but also I think we're going to be more athletic. And, um, you know, they, they understand, you know, how we're going to practice, the way we do, you know, practices throughout the week, how we do summer workouts. So um, that's going to be a lot easier this year. Coach, uh, what's the main goal uh, when you have these? Uh, I know the rules have really changed now. So when this off, when this season's going on right now, what's the main goal you're trying to accomplish? Uh, just say, hey, what do we got? Uh, trying to get the kids in the right position before the real thing starts to get going. Yeah, I mean, so like spring training for us because we're we're so, we're a small school, and you know, I think everybody thinks we're a huge school. There's 420 kids in the school, and uh, 65 uh, players, nine through 12, and you know, uh, all of our kids, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of multi-sport athletes. Like, I would say 10 to 12 of our 65 are just, you know, football players. Um, and so just cr- trying to uh, hand- juggle all that stuff during spring was kind of difficult this year. Uh, but what I look for in spring training especially is, you know, getting those ninth graders up and teaching them how we practice on the varsity level. You know, trying to find a few surprises or guys that can step up and be leaders. Uh, and that's what we did during spring. Now, summer – is going to be it's a it's a grind a little bit. Um, we actually don't start till after Father's Day. We give them a few weeks off to kind of you know go on vacations or you know just play baseball and basketball and other things they do. Um, and we look uh, in the summertime to just really work and get in condition for the football season. So um, that's kind of the way we've done it uh, really since I've been at St. Paul's. Ham Barnett jumping in here, joining us, St. Paul Saints getting ready for a second year, Coach. I. I'll go back and look at last year. I always circle two or three teams that maybe did better than what we expected. A lot of people thought, and I thought the changes that St. Paul's had was a lot to try to uh, take over a program. You move up to 6A, Steve Mass there for a number of years. But, maybe you took a team into 6A and go all the way to the third round. What do you hope to continue this fall that you saw that were positive from last year? I hope we, we can get started a little bit earlier. Last year, I think we started two and four, and mm. um, you know we're going into um, with the Spanish Fort game. Uh, I think we're two and three going to the Spanish Fort game, and that was kind of the turning point for us. We we didn't win that football game, but we knew at that point that we could play with you know almost any six A school in the state, and that gave us a lot of confidence. And the back end of the schedule kind of helped us out as well, and you know picked up some key wins. And I think we clinched a playoff berth uh, against Baldwin County last year. Uh, the second to last game of the year. Then, you know, going into the last game against Theodore, you know, I knew they were coming off a big win against Fairland, so I was hoping we could catch them, uh, you know, still on that high. And we, you know, played a really good game uh, that game as well. And I think I, that gained a lot of confidence for us. And then going in that first round playoff game, playing against Carver and those two five star, you know, defensive players, I think at the University of Alabama now, and winning that game 13 to nothing uh, gave us a lot of confidence going in the second round against Pelham. And, uh, I think we played our best game in that second round. Um, my hope this year is for us to be a, uh, toughness is something I've talked about a lot. I felt like last year, defensively, especially, we were a finesse team. 
And, uh, you know, after our spring scrimmage that we had last Friday, I feel like our guys really hit. And so that's what I like to do, like like to see as a defensive coach. Um, and I think we're going to be able to run the football again. So um, that's what I'm expecting this year, just to start faster and uh, finish the season the right way. Well, you finished last year. I, I think those two – I think you said it while ago, those first two playoff games, going up to Carver-Montgomery, shutting them out, and then beating Pelham 38-7. to That Those first two weeks, I'm like, oh, my – that was – I mean, but, Coach, this two-and-four start, being a listen to this start, UMS Wright, McGill-Tulin, Sarah Land, Faith Academy, Spanish Fort. Coach, Coach you got to do that again this year? Yeah, we get to do it again, <laughs> all over again. The home and away change. But, yeah, you know, you look at those first three games, you play your biggest rival down the street at Old Chill Road, and then, you know, McGill, Tulin, my alma mater, and they're, they've been a perennial power for a long time in Sarah Land. You know, they're, they're loaded over there. I mean, every college coach that comes in there is like, you better go to Salem because they got about 25 B1 kids over there. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, the, the, the special thing about St. Paul is our kids feel like they, every time they get off the bus or they, they take the field, they're going to be successful. And so uh, there's not a lot of, I don't really have to motivate them to, to want to win and want to be successful, which is, which is great as a coach. Um, so we're going to do it again and see how, you know, see, see what happens and uh, go from there. Coach, I know uh, Anthony Jones is going to get most of the attention, but you got another kid on that team, Braxton Bird. Tell us a little bit about this young man, what he means to that program. Yeah, so last year he kind of got thrown in the fire. We had a quarterback that transferred after spring, and he was an incumbent for us. Um, and then Braxton Bird got, kind of got thrown in there as a 10th grader. And probably really he should have played another year of JV football just to kind of get ready and get used to the speed of the game. But he got thrown in there fast. And, um, you know, we watched him mature. He got to play 13 football games, which a lot of 10th graders don't get to do. Um, and then this year, his spring, like his, his work ethic, you know, he's cut some weight. He's, um, he's gotten, you know, str- he's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster. We've w- really worked on him with his quick twitch muscles and I've seen him really grow. And man, um, our, our team has rallied behind him. Um, I've watched him make some great throws at practice and we're doing some different things to help him out. So I'm excited about what he's going to do for us this year. And also we got a, a left tackle back, uh, Asher Hale. He's picking up some group of five offers too. And he's been – he's cut about 10 pounds. He's six five and an eighth and 295 pounds. And um, he's going to be somebody that we, we really rely on this year as well on the offensive side of the ball. Well, Coach, on St. Paul's defense, it, is that going to be – got to replace some really good players there? Is that kind of going to be an area to watch as we go into the fall? Yeah, I mean, we got – so two of our uh, D linemen uh, graduated, uh, Henry Laparus and Johnny Inge, and they were long and played with the high motor. And then, you know, Chris Bracey, he was there for, you know, it seems like Chris Bracey's been there forever. Um, this is the first year that he's not been on the team. So that's going to be another void to fill. But we got some guys that step up at D-line. We got eight or nine guys, um, kind of young guys at the D-line that can help us out. And then a kid to look for is too, Jabor Stone. Uh, he was more of a backup slash special teams player for us last year, but he is, his speed has gotten incredible. Uh, he's come down. He's coming downhill from the safety spot and hitting. And then Cade Horton's been there, uh, a two-year starter at corner for us, and he returns punts for us as well and plays a little offense. And he had seven interceptions last year, so I'm expecting him to lead that back end of our defense. And then, you know, we played a freshman and sophomore at linebacker last year, Noah Abrams and Anthony Jones, and they'll be a sophomore and junior this year. So they also got that 13 games of experience. So I feel really good about the defense and where they are. And uh, we have a little depth there as well. So um, we'll see how it is. I mean, I, I want to see us get as many shutouts as possible, uh, run to the football, and play hard-nosed, uh, hard-nosed ball. You, we were talking about Carlton Marshall, the former McGill-Tulin player that just excelled 
on the college level, and I know you mentioned Chris Bracey and Christopher. I mean, he had a, I mean, I don't know how many years he played at St. Paul's, but it seemed like a, it's not going to surprise me, Coach, to see Chris play quickly at UAB, being in a program like that. I think he has a great chance to make an impact early. Yeah, he does. I mean, so like um, during track season, he ran track for us this year as well, and then um, he was in the weight room um, during his what we call a common room where the seniors get to leave campus for for an hour and he came down there and he was working uh uab sent him sent him the workout and he was he was working his tail off he's put on probably five to seven pounds of muscle and um I, he's such a smart football player and i'm really going to miss him a lot man he was special to me he was you know, he started as a sophomore in that state championship team and um he's continued to grow and mature and it was fun to watch him all four years just kind of you know grow and mature and become a great football player and a great young man all right, good job, Ham Barnett. Three months, and we really will be diving into this thing. It gets here quick, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm excited about it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for taking a little time, and we'll be following St. Paul's as we go through the next two or three months, getting close, man. Appreciate it, and have a good summer. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Bina, that schedule may be the toughest locally. Absolutely. To start the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're going to have that same one. This year, I think it makes them better. That that playoff run, that probably well, it's like he said. Difference, like he said, uh, the homes and the ways will switch, so that can make a little difference right there. All right, Prep Spotlight Sports Station WNSP. All right, welcome back to our Prep Spotlight. We do it every. Week right here on the sports station. I mean, years we've been trying to promote our high school athletics on any level. We, we got a lot of good seventh, eighth, ninth graders are playing varsity. And uh, congrats to all the softball, baseball teams we mentioned earlier in the show, being some of these teams that advanced. And uh, big thanks to our, our guests, too, with the golf over at UMS Wright, Brent Chaltry joining us, and Ham Barnett, the uh, head coach with our football team over at St. Paul Saints. And two or three weeks ago, Bean, I'm going to take a second and mention your son. We have brought him up in our Keeping Up with the Joneses. Your son, a baseball player himself, and now is coaching. Had great success this year. Congratulations to you as a dad, but I know you're happy with Troy and really what he's doing. Absolutely, Pigskin. As a dad, it's been a big honor uh, watching him develop as a young man. Uh, started his career out at Bayside and got some experience under his belt and just felt like he wasn't ready to take that step. And then went over to uh, McGill with Coach Becker and got some more experience. And then now he's at Flomington and has done a really good job. They've won the area title for the first time in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime you can beat T.R. Miller, that helps. And um, you give went, me some tips during the year? No, he does He does not listen to me, and nope. I do not uh, bother to jump in on that uh, road. <laughs> Maybe uh, three weeks later down the road I may bring it up, but no, uh, he's he does a good job. He's He don't need my help, trust me. And uh, went to the second round of the playoffs for the first time in seven years. So uh, they, they accomplished some goals and, uh, you know, got a lot of things done, got an indoor facility coming his way. Um, so things are looking up, and uh, I'm very proud of him. He's done a great job there. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And how many years has he been at Flomington? This is his first year. First year. He, he's coming to Flomington from where? From McGill. He, from McGill. Okay. From McGill. He's at McGill last year. Right. And yeah. then, you know, he just needed, felt like he needed some more experience of learning how to coach and uh, get used to the uh, the behind-the-scenes part and Coach Becker and Coach Tommy Walker. 
who uh, Coach Walker's been with him ever since he was an eighth grader at Spanish Fort and has been like a second dad to him. And uh, a lot of credit goes to uh, Tommy Tommy Walker. Uh, he's really He stays in touch with Troy every day, and uh, he helps him a lot more than I do, I promise you. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean to give your age, but uh, Troy's how old now? Troy is – I put you on the spot, didn't I? Yeah, you did, 30, I think. I'm 59. I'm not ashamed of it. Huh? Uh, hey, you, I play you, golf like it, too, uh, trust me. So. <laughs> no, shoot, I th- you shoot 59? Uh, yeah, right. On the front? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, so it's amazing these these kids that we've been talking about the last 10 or 20 years. There's a lot of them that's assistant, moving up to the head coaching roles. We we have mentioned a, a lot of our, our coaches are from this area, uh, and it just time flies. And I know your time with your son, Troy, and you know, it's just crazy to see him now, a 30-year-old coaching high school baseball it's 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 got to be cool it is and uh you know Baldwin County Trent Higginbotham another young player through the Mobile area uh is coaching at Baldwin County now Taylor Nichols great baseball player at UMS I mean a faith academy excuse me Mm -hmm. uh you know he's he's the head coach at Cottage Hill now so these kids have really achieved and it just comes to show you Pixie in the way the Mobile Baldwin County the athletes and the people that we uh produce around here Michael Bronner always sits in with us Michael I'm going to look forward to the next week because we're going to recap the entire year. Um, I would say maybe one of the top stories has to be what Jeff Kelly's team did with Sarah Land, mm. you know, winning the 6A championship and the way they won it. And the two players, really, you count the running backs, they've got so many college prospects on that team. But what, would you up. say that Sarah Land, probably one of the top stories? I, I would say the top story, but I, I might be biased. I was at a lot of those games. So, uh, yeah. On the football I mean, side, anyway. Yeah. There's not a more fun team in the area to watch right now. I, I can't wait to get back out there and see him again this fall. Excited to rehash some of the memories of, uh, you know, the next week of, of the fall, of the spring. But, yeah, I mean, that, that team is special and is going to continue to be special for a couple of years. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting season because they're going to have a bullseye on their back. They know they're good. They're loaded. Uh, what, their first game of the season against that uh, Lipscomb High School out of yeah, Tennessee? Yeah, Lipscomb Academy. Yeah, so uh, – Where are they know. playing that? It's at Sterling. Good. Yeah, that's right. So, they're they going to have a – They got to come all the way down here. Yeah. yeah. They beat Thompson last year. They did. Ooh. That's so. where Dil- – uh, wasn't Trent Dilfer the coach? Trent Michael? Dilfer was the coach, and uh, it's, it's some uh, – some guy who used to play for the Titans now. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you know they replaced Dilfer with a form, another former NFL player, so mm. uh, they probably won't miss a beat coaching-wise, at least. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's the team that beat Thompson last year. I, I think they beat Thompson pretty handily, if, if I'm remembering they correctly, did. too. They did. It was early in the season, kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but they're coming all the way down here. It was really just it goes to show more than anything the respect that Sarah Land has garnered not just in the state of Alabama but like a pre- that's a, that's a big time team in uh, in Lipscomb Academy that's coming all the way down here it's probably like a 6 hour bus ride for them okay. so uh that's a big deal man and that that's why that when you have players like Ryan Hollywood Williams committed to Alabama KJ Lace is getting offers all over the place and you know Williams the court running back this this is this is what's happening. That if this now becomes one of the top four or five games in the country, on that night they play. Yes, it's because of the history. Yeah, you know the team coming out here to play. But I think that's just great credit to Sarah Land and Jeff Kelly what they're doing up Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I think one of the things that jumped out to me, Michael, Bina is seven A next year. 
the good news, we, we've not done too well with our 7A Region 1, 2, moving on to the next round. But now the playoff changes. I thought that was a big story with now they're playing each other. That first round, the region is playing each other. I, I think that's how it should be, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it guarantees us we're going to have a lot of teams left still in the second week. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they do that probably for travel, just to make it more sense. You know. Should make should make things easier on everyone. I, I don't know why it wasn't that already, but yeah, I won't complain about it. Yep. Hey, Michael, Bina, thanks for coming in, man. Hey, enjoyed it, man. Good to see y'all. All right, one more show. We got it next week. Brian will be back. Hope you have a great week. Support your local high school teams, and we'll wrap up the entire year with our Prep Spotlight Sports Station. Have a good one.